1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we get set for another big weekend across Scottish football. Brendan Rodgers says he doesn't care about the narrative surrounding Celtic and thinks their good results are being overlooked. Philippe Clement says he's not looking at goal difference yet but does want his team to always rack up as many as possible. And Neil Warnock makes his first Aberdeen signing after securing a move for Junior Hoylett. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you have Cami Bell and Hugh Evans. So far as Celtic are concerned, one defeat defeat to Kilmarnock is unfortunate. Two defeats to Kilmarnock is careless. Three defeats to Kilmarnock in the same season, well, you deserve all you get. And it could seriously dent Celtic's championship title race if they do that tomorrow and lose for a third time this season to Derek McInnes's side. That's not a narrative. Those are the facts of the matter. And then on Sunday... Rangers go to play a team who are third bottom of the league table who were so bad against Dundee while losing last Saturday that the St Johnston manager Craig Levine had to issue an apology to the fans afterwards. So we'll just call that an away win for Philippe Clement. Cammy, this was the week that the title race became whatever more than on is. It was already <laughs> on. It's been on for a while. Uh, it looks Maybe it's stuck on. I think we could go for that because this was the week we waited. Rangers game in hand. They won it. Level on points. Celtic with the narrow advantage. And on we go for more fun and games this weekend. Yeah, this is what we've been waiting for is the sort of games played, even levelling up with each other and uh, obviously points as well. So, no, listen, the, the for me, the momentum's with Rangers, the way that they're playing at the moment, the, the buzz around the stadium, the fans are with them. Um, but Celtic have got that opportunity tomorrow to put the pressure back on Rangers and get three points ahead of them. 01419511025. That is the number you need, so please come on down. What are you thinking ahead of this weekend? If you want to just talk pure football, the games themselves, your chances of winning or losing them, who you should pick, who you shouldn't pick, we are here for that. In terms of the bigger picture, it has been pretty much about that title race all week. So how are you both feeling, both sets of fans in Glasgow, uh, for Glasgow's big two, I should say, heading in to this weekend? You've had your issues against Kilmarnock this season, Celtic fans. Will it be the same tomorrow? Or do you buy into what Brendan Rodgers is saying? Is there too much negativity? Are people overlooking the good run of results that you are on? How do you see it going this weekend? It looks like there'll still be no Liel Abada for the time being there as well. A bit early for Alistair Johnson and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Um, but Greg Taylor back in about it at the moment there. As for you Rangers fans, this was the week we got obsessed about goal difference. But Philippe Clement says it's too early for that. He just wants to score as many as possible every game and then assess it maybe on the final day of the season. How are you feeling heading into the weekend? The trip to St Johnston, of course, there as well. We've got big games across the Championship tonight and tomorrow. Massive fixtures. I look at you Motherwell and Aberdeen fans. You've had uh, quite a week. Uh, and Aberdeen have even gone and made a new signing as well. See, th this is where I'm seeing the similarities. Yeah. Men in their 70s, like you and Neil Warnock, don't hang about. No. There's just no time for that. No. You dive in to football predictions the way yep. he dives in to new signings. Yeah. It must be about, it must be an age thing. As soon as we get together, I will compliment uh, Neil on his <laughs> code of conduct. Uh, listen, 
with regard to Brendan Rodgers and he is talking about how bizarre this city can be. It has always been this way. This is the world capital of mad. It's getting madder by the day and I'm afraid that Brendan and Philippe Clement will just have to put up with it. I listened to last night's programme talking about serial dessers and people saying, yeah, he's still not good. What does the guy have to do? He's got 10 league goals so far. He's got 14 goals in all competitions. He took his two goals uh, very well against Ross County in midweek. So, as I say, this is the home of mad, but we can hardly complain because we encourage it. Great games across the board though, Cammy. when you look at everything that's to come this weekend and it's... I hope it gets the attention it deserves because out with the Premiership we've got some brilliant fixtures in the Championship and beyond um, but obviously the top flight does dominate a lot of our thinking uh, you just look at Livy you know another home game if you're going to make a move when is it going to be I think you always look for fixtures like Aberdeen and Hibs there was a time that it was El Sacchio of course it's <laughs> yep. not quite in that territory um, with uh, <laughs> Neil Warnock just in the door but yeah lots, lots to look forward to this Weekend, yeah, massive weekend, and the one you've just touched on there, Aberdeen v Hibs. It's almost for me time's running out to get in that top six. There's not many games left, um, and one of them two have to start to make a move. Hibs have started their way through the season. Um, it's not been a good season for them so far. I don't really think it's clicked under Nick Montgomery yet. Um, Aberdeen have got Neil Warnock, new manager in, so they'll be looking for that bounce going forward and. Uh, they've obviously got a big cup game because Neil Warnock will be looking to try and put his stamp on that Scottish Cup, a, a big game at home to Kilmarnock. So that's going to be a difficult one. So they'll want some sort of form going into that one. Right, 01419511025. Come on, it's been all about the title race this week and it takes its next turn potentially this weekend. So how are you feeling? Do you see both sides continuing to win for the foreseeable? There's a meeting not too far away that's been announced for TV uh, coverage today. Um, do you expect twists and turns? Do you expect things to stay as they are until then? Give us all your thoughts on that title race on 01419511025. If you want to get more specific about your team, you can do that as well. David is a Celtic fan. David, it's been quite a week. This weekend will be more of the same, I'm sure. How do you feel as a as a Celtic fan heading into this weekend? Um, nervous. So I mean, that, that's that's what you want. I mean, that's really what my point is. Is that I think that, that this title race will, will result next season in, in a lot more competitive Celtic team in, in the Champions League if we're in it. Because in previous times, whenever titles went, went, went late, there was an intensity that can maybe match what you want in the Champions League, whereby when, when you're strolling it every year, sometimes I, I think that might be contributing to why Celtic have done so poorly in Europe. Um, because they've not really had... Like a really in, in, intense, intense time uh, domestically. So look, it's it's fifty fifty for me. Do you know what I mean? I think I think the team that wins the league will probably win all thirteen of the remaining games. Seriously, I do, I do. Mm. I, I, I just think that that because they've got such a stronger squad, both of them. That that you seen it the other night. When it, whenever it gets close, it's just the fans will push winners over the line. I can see it being similar to Liverpool, Man City. Whereby it literally will come down to the to the two games, and then you know what I mean. It could, it could come down to goal difference. Well, if, it, if it's going to be Celtic's title, that would mean four wins out of four against Rangers by David's theory, which is perfectly possible. I asked for people to say how they think it's going to go from yeah. here, Hugh. Um, David, you know, mentioned how close it is and how that that can benefit 
we had a caller last night who quite rightly pointed out we're not in completely uncharted territory here. You only have to go back to Ange Postacoglu's first season. Uh-huh. But actually, it was tight. It was tight yep. at this this time yep. of the year. Yeah. I, I wonder if maybe it then Celtic then just became everybody's favourite straight away once they overtook Rangers and it never really looked like reversing itself. You wonder how long our status quo will stay or if one team will manage to... They was talking my type of language, you know. The team will go on and win every game between now and the end of the season. It's like something you would say. Uh, yeah, it's like something I would say. And I, I, what I would say, in addition to that, is that if you had to have a bet on one of them, uh, my money would be on Rangers to be the one that would go from now to the end of the season undefeated. I am certain that Rangers will beat St Johnston on Sunday in Perth. I am not certain that Celtic will beat Kilmarnock. There is history, of course. Kilmarnock knocked Celtic out of the Via Play Cup. And they also beat Celtic at uh, Rugby Park in the league on what was a very bad day for Celtic. Now, I know that going into this match... Both Brett, at Rugby Park, though. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And this is the, 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 the Celtic Park game. But Celtic, since the winter break, ended not great. And I thought that the cup tie with St Mirren... Last weekend was a genuine cup tie. Celtic did well. Kyogo's goal, very good. Maeda, sharp as attack in the penalty box. But they came under pressure and they've owed a lot to Joe Hart of late. And I've been as critical of the goalkeeper as anyone, but Joe Hart has come through since the end of the winter break for Celtic. So that's the kind of knife edge we're on. I think that Rangers are a stick-on on Sunday and I'm not 100% certain that Celtic are a stick on See, tomorrow. I think you specifically are who Brendan Rodgers is referring to here. He spoke last week about a narrative being built around Celtic. He now says he doesn't care about it, but he still thinks their good form is being overlooked. Probably in any other country, it wins out of nine. Uh, is actually a very, very good return. Uh, but I've been here in Scotland. I know that eight wins out of nine is a disaster when you're top of the league. So... I just focus on what we need to do. I, I understand and I get I get the feeling and I understand that you have to create that and I understand this city that the two teams can't be doing well. You know, I know you can be, when I was at Liverpool, Liverpool and Everton can be doing well at the same time, but that can't happen here. So one has to be pushed down and for us it's us because we're at the top and we slipped up in early December. But that narrative has continued right the way through even though the players have won eight games, some tough games, and drawn one game. I can't control that. What I can control is the, the mindset of the team, the attitude of the team, and knowing that over this next uh, period of games, we'll be really focused and be really aggressive and attack the game. What everyone else says right, I couldn't care less. I, I think he is talking about you. Just well, the, more, the more I listen to you both. Well, Brendan said it was a disaster. It's not a disaster. It's a catastrophe, Brendan. Now, I'll give you another narrative. I was not among the Celtic fans who booed at the end of the Ross County game. I was not the man who unfurled the banner at Pataudry saying, on your head be it, to the Celtic board. I was not at Easter Road when Celtic teetered on the brink of losing another two points there. So there is another narrative and Celtic have not been playing that well at all since the end of the winter break. And uh, I, I repeat, I do understand the city's always been mad and it's getting progressively madder. But there is another narrative in that Celtic at the moment are not as convincing as 
the team always referred to as the one across the water, across the city, on the other side of the street, near the Bell Houston Hotel, whatever they're called. They're not as convincing Celtic as Rangers. And if this is mad, you are the mayor of Mad Town, I suspect. <laughs> David, where are Celtic at then? You hear Brendan Rogers there. It was a similar theme to last week, almost a you know, having a, a bit of a pop at the, the doubters, i.e. Hugh Keevans. What do you think? Where, where are Celtic at at the moment? Look, Celtic have got a young team and a, and a lot of you are, a lot of really influential players are sitting out. And, and, and it's right, we're, we're not firing on all cylinders, but um, you know, I mean, we're, winning, we're winning games just now. I think if we continue to win and then our Carter Vickers, Hatati and Taylor come back into the team to add to it, I think... I think that's what could happen. Celtic could go on and, 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 and win them all. But it's, it's, it's like, it's every weekend's got to be a knife edge. It's got to be nervous. So, um, you know, I mean, it, it, can, it can be both. Though. It can be some of the Celtic fans, obviously, are, I've got an narrative and also the media have got an narrative. It's not like one or the other. I, I, th- mm. I think there is a lot, a lot of the media pushing Phil Clement and all that stuff and what he's saying. I mean, I, I listen to what he says and for me, he, Looks as if he's been watching videos of Ange whenever, whenever he's he's talking in the media because he's saying the same things. Well, I want my team to never stop. As if it's like revolutionary stuff he's saying, but it's obviously what we were hearing from Ange. But look, definitely made them better, made them more of a team. Celtic are eking out wins now, but that can change to to be the other way about. So when it when it gets to the last the the the, the top six, if we're still level, every every weekend's going to be like. Three, two wins and all that What I think is at least Worth considering Cammy, Because you'll remember um, You were at Rangers Under Mark Warburton weren't you? Yep. He, he was a big one for this He always used I think it's, it's maybe interesting When guys come up With a kind of fresh Pair of yeah. eyes Not always involved In our madness And he What was it he used to always say There has He's found quickly There had to be a good cop And a bad cop in Glasgow mm-hmm. They can't both get praised At the same time Mark Warburton used to always say it Stuck in my head Brendan Rogers is saying it today That That I think there is a there is a bit of that, isn't there? Um, there was this rare time a couple of seasons ago, Ange was flying for Celtic and Giovanni van Bronckhurst had Rangers in a European final. We're like, what's going on here? Both sides are getting positive feedback at the same time. Nobody this this will not do. Yeah, and again, it is it is that I think from the the media's point of view that they're always looking for that little bit of criticism. They're looking for somebody to slip up um, because it makes the stories. That's why that's what it's all about. The the two of them are. Are giants of, of football in Scotland so we're looking for one to be ahead of the other um, and somebody not to be having as good a time in it as, as the other so I, I think it has always been like that and I, I do um, I believe that Celtic at the moment they're going through a sticky patch they're still getting results so that's the main thing they're still winning games of football um, but they're not playing well and, and I think also what, what Celtic fans are seeing on the other side of the city is that Rangers have got a lot of momentum they're playing well they're creating a number of opportunities whereas Celtic look a little bit laboured at the moment in their performances listen they're getting results so they need to keep doing that to get confidence back in the team for me the Celtic team doesn't look that confident at the moment and, and I agree with you that I see Rangers winning on Sunday But I'm unsure about Celtic Did tomorrow. you hear that? Did you hear that? Very quickly I agree no, with no. you The one thing I wanted to pick him up on You and I can team up on him here Is just okay. to remind him He is the media now Gordon DL <laughs> Okay Gordon DL said it During you the week as well are about the media. media You are the media If you Mr Tellyman Mr exactly. Radio Man you've got He's more, everywhere You've got more media outlets Than Rupert Murdoch 
<laughs> if you come in here and accept no wages for this, you're out you of the get media. Paid for this. But if you get paid, very much. you're in the media, mate. Thank you to David on the line. What about the Kilmarnock side of things? Simon is a big Kilmarnock fan, quite often phones us when there's a big game. You've got your predictions bang on this season, Simon, for a lot of them. Are you as confident at Celtic Park as you would be at Rugby Park? Oh no. Oh. Sound of silence will never do on Come radio, on, let me tell you. What's happening, Simon? I'm waiting with bated breath here. Have we got an issue with Simon? All right, let's see. Let's try and clear. I, I think they just turn them off and back on again, sort of thing. Yeah. Simon, you got us now? Yes, sorry, oh. I'm on a train. I'm on a train to your to God's country, Motherwell, so the signal's a wee bit. What does a man from Kilmarnock do on a Friday night in Motherwell? I don't know if there's much... You're not going to visit Gordon DL, are you? No, my my best pal lives up here, so we're going there before before the game tomorrow. Brilliant. So. What a part of the world it is. Um, what are you thinking then? As confident going to Celtic Park as you would be at home, or how does that impact things? Yeah, I, I'm confident. Um, obviously, I'll caveat everything I say by the fact that Celtic play well, and Kilmarnock play well, Celtic should win the game. But that's obviously to be understood. But um, yeah, I think Celtic are playing with a, like with a nervousness in the way Celtic. Um, and that's transmitted all the way through the stands. So they're playing; they're not playing with momentum. I think Rangers are. I'd said at the start of the season um, to Hugh that I don't fear either this Rangers Celtic team. I don't think anyone in Scotland should either. And I'm not going to change my mind going tomorrow. You know, I think we've we've got a really good chance of maybe even just taking a draw. I think you know both can be true at the same time. Brendan Rodgers can be right. Maybe people are. Overlooking Celtic's points return in the last nine games because yeah. there's very little wrong with it. But maybe at the same time, Simon can be right. Has that fear factor gone a little bit? Maybe even from. Well, Kilmarnock have had their well, joy against both. Has the fear factor gone a bit? When Celtic uh, lost to Kilmarnock on both occasions, they, they looked seriously short. Uh, I, I read uh, Derek McInnes this morning talking about having to sell the idea of beating Celtic at Celtic Park to his players. And I wonder if there's a kind of reverse psychology there because he's done it twice uh, and the, admittedly on his own mm. synthetic pitch at Rugby Park. But they have players. Celtic, until such times as Carter Vickers gets back, the the back four is, is being made up on a game-by-game basis. I, I assume that Greg Taylor will come back tomorrow and he'll be very welcome from the perspective of the Celtic supporters. But Kilmarnock have the players who can upset the back four. There are no secrets. We know why. We could spend all night the surface, the size, yep. The, yep. All, all the stuff. But how much harder is it to do it at Celtic Park ultimately? Because Hugh's right to reference the two previous games, but they were both at Rugby Park. How different? You've been there. Yeah, and, and I've managed to actually get a victory there for Kilmarnock many years ago. Um, it is very, very difficult. But again, you've got to take into circumstances that the way that Celtic are at the moment, they are very, I agree with Simon, they're very nervous and that generates from the stands. So if Kilmarnock can get their game plan right and keep it, keep them quiet for the first 20, 30 minutes, maybe create a couple of opportunities themselves, that that nervousness will start to feed onto the players um, on the pitch and, and that's where it can go all wrong for Celtic. So, and listen, let's not do a disservice to Kilmarnock this season. They've been brilliant. Flying, They've yeah. been absolutely flying. Probably one of the strongest squads I've seen Kilmarnock put together um, going forward the, the players they've got going forward and that'll be a worry for Brendan Rodgers they've con- Celtic have conceded a number of goals at Celtic Park this season the 
Kilmarnock players going forward. You've got Marley Watkins, Vassell, you've got obviously Van Veenil, Matty Kennedy, Danny uh, Armstrong, a number of players that can hurt Celtic tomorrow. Going back, I think, to 2018, Simon, you'll definitely correct me, last time you took points at Celtic Park, why, why is this different? Why more confidence this time? Well, the last time I saw them win was 2012. Um, Killian Sheridan rounded Deppy Ambrose. I was in there, Simon. Uh, right. You mentioned it once. And uh, Liam Kelly's got the penalty. That's the last time I've been there, and I can't imagine how much money I've spent going to Celtic <laughs> Park and not getting any results. But um, uh, yeah, I'm confident with it because I think the Celtic defence is rotten, to be honest with you. Um, Bernabeu, if he plays, and uh, obviously Ralston at right back, he, um, you know, we gave Celtic's first choice full backs, Greg Taylor and. Uh, and Johnston, an absolutely torrid time at Rugby Park, both games. We've got Marley Watkins, Kyle Vassell, nobody likes playing against them. You've got Van Veen probably coming off the bench. You've got, um, as he said there, Greg Stewart as well, who's a technically su- superb footballer. But I just want to pick up the fans, and I know this probably won't be a popular opinion, but I keep hearing on your on your phone and saying, it's great for Scottish footballers, this title race. I think if you go to any football stadium out with Ibrox or Celtic Park this weekend, speak to any supporter, they don't care. A one-horse race is the same as a two-horse race if your horse falls at the first hurdle. You know, I'm not going into this game tomorrow with any thought about what this will do to the title race because, in reality, Celtic are going to have to come to Rugby Park after the split if we make it. Rangers are coming there in a week's time. You know, we'll, we, I just want to ruin all their days, so I don't <laughs> actually care which one wins the title at the end of it. But um, I think it'll be I think it'll be a close game tomorrow. I think I'm, I'm not sure about how we approach it because of Celtic's defence been so dodgy do you go and put those two wingers Kennedy and, and uh, Danny Armstrong have two forwards you know just go for it try and attack them or do you sit solid at the back try and frustrate the crowd and then you know hit them later in the game with guys like Van Veen and Stewart so I think it's going to be really interesting as I said earlier I'll caveat it by if Celtic play well they should win the game but I think the disrespect from some Celtic supporters like the guy the other night that said that he thinks Celtic are going to win 5-0 I mean <laughs> it might happen I might seem stupid after that if it does but you know, I just think you need to be a bit more respectful to the fourth best team in the country and one who's already beat his twice. Thank you, Simon. Enjoy your night in Motherwell. It's 01419511025. And if you call us right now, there's a good chance we'll get you on next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hear it. Watch it. Search the YouTube stream now. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevans are in the building waiting for you to get in touch so 0141-951-1025 if you fancy it as it's been all week it's very much focusing around the title race I wonder at what moments we break away from that this season because it looks like it's here to stay or maybe we'll see a swing one way or the other very soon we had the Celtic perspective from a couple of fans uh, before the break what about Richard? Richard's a Rangers fan on the line how are you feeling about it all? Yeah, very positive, yeah, very positive about the, the title race and um, I'll, I'll shock you with what I'm about to say I'm a Rangers fan, however I very strongly believe and, and agree with what Brendan Rodgers said during his press conference um, why, why as a nation we can't accept a fantastic opportunity to observe a title race between two fantastic teams is beyond me we have been starved of such a thing for so long and yet, at this point in time, it's a case of, well, they won't win the league. We'll actually lose it. It's just an immature. And uh, I mean, I can't get my head around it why we can't just enjoy two teams 
going at it and giving everything that they've got. I, I certainly agree with that middle part there. I've seen this a lot on, on this occasion at Celtic fans, but if this if the shoe was another foot, it would be Rangers fans saying. Yeah. I mean, they've not cut the gap. We've thrown it away, sort of thing. Well, they need to win at the same time as you're not. Um, so I, I get what Richard means. We kind of un, yeah, uneasy with parts of it. Richard's looking for a world that doesn't exist. If you live in this city or its environs, go back to the day that Aberdeen won at Ibrooks and the crowd, those who stayed, stayed to boo and heckle Michael Beale and the players. And when Celtic have a 1-0 win at home against Ross County, they get booed off the park. You cannot reinvent the city. You cannot reinvent the west of Scotland. The rivalry is intense. I don't think Richard's suggesting you don't criticise bad results, though. I think he's saying when, when it's here the way it mm-hmm. is... Embrace it. Try, try and embrace parts of it. It's not possible. neck and neck. It's simply not possible because it means so much to the Celtic fans and the Rangers fans... They can't embrace this as a spectacle. They genuinely can't. Richard can. What do you think, yeah, Richard? Well, there's, always, there's always one, as they say. Yeah, I, I certainly can, yeah. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Um, I, I've been on before. I've told you about friends leaving WhatsApp groups and not talking to each other. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this full roller coaster of emotions. And it's, it's swung both ways, as I'm sure you can imagine. I've spat the dummy a few times. But it's, it's fantastic because... It gives both sides of the old firm the opportunity to stick it into the other one and give them a bit back, and and it's a two horse race, and that's that's the aspect that I think we should be enjoying. It's not it's not one team running away with it and the others getting left behind. I mean, it destroys friend groups, but this is fantastic what we're seeing at the <laughs> that moment. Brilliant. Why do you think um, there are no Rangers fans inside Celtic Park and no Celtic fans inside Ibrooks? Let the man have a bit of enjoyment. I know you prefer to be gloomy like your entire life, but. I I applaud him for being this unique figure in the city who is enjoying this and presumably if Celtic win it on the final day of the season he will applaud Celtic because he's he's a man who is that's not what he's saying he's a man who's generous of spirit you're doing that thing where you put words in people's mouth Richard what percentage would you put on it for for your I mean someone else just described it as 50-50 which is understandable if you were to look at the league table put a percentage on your confidence if you could um, I, I think I'll go seventy percent to thirty percent. I'd say, you know, I, I've got I've got a very strong bet. I've got Rangers on for the treble against my pal Aldo. It's two hundred quid. I stand to win. He lost it near enough immediately. We went a hundred quid to the league winner. Uh, double it if we win the treble. And Celtic threw that right out the out the window for him. Uh, so I, I'm very confident that Rangers will win the treble. Never mind the league. Everybody knows I'm now going to encourage you all to gamble responsibly and make your own assessment as to whether Richard and Aldo have done that but um, 70-30 is a a bit more than I was expecting I I expected him to favour Rangers I thought he was going to go a nice 60-40 but there we are he's confident fairly confident yeah and and at this moment in time um, I think Rangers fans certainly will be confident from what they've seen and the the turnaround that's happened Um, obviously again Celtic are still winning games of football but not convincingly and that's probably getting the Rangers fans optimism up a little bit 
Um, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be really close. I genuinely think it'll go right down to the wire. The old firm games are going to be so important going into the world to end the season. And listen, I agree. Like let's let's embrace it. Let's enjoy this journey that we're going to be on between now and the end of the season because it's going to be it's going to be a good ride to be on and good to watch. Certainly from a distance. Um, I genuinely think this could go right to the wire. Well, you're a member of the media, of course, so you're not allowed to no. embrace it. You're allowed to report on it. D- does um, <laughs> does this Rangers team still have more? You think it needs to give though, Richard? I wonder how how many gears are left, or do you think it still needs to go up a notch to secure that title? We're we're working our way up. We're we're working our way through the gears, nice and steady. Um, and I, I think you'll see an extremely strong finish to this season. Rangers are well and truly on the up. And I mean, he, I'd, I've come on here and talked about Dessler saying that Pep Guardiola couldn't get him playing. He, look at him now. Look at our finish midweek. Fantastic. And Rangers are slowly but surely working their way through the gears. And as I said, you'll see a strong finish. What, the Rangers winning. What were you? What were you embracing when you slandered Dessler's earlier in the season? Then. But listen, did you watch some of the performances from him, Hugh? I was quite right to slander him. Yeah, but I would have rather my sister was but, up front for Rangers at that point. But you're supposed to embrace this and take people at face value and accept that he will get better as time goes on. Richard, it's now I mean, about he didn't 10. Embrace him. I was, it's 10 solid minutes that he's misunderstood your point for. So I think we'll go our separate <laughs> ways. Uh, I like your positivity. Let's hear from. Philippe Clement, he says it's a bit early for him to be obsessing over goal difference. However, uh, he wants his team to try and rack up as many goals as possible. Not until the last game about goal difference and things like that. Because I ask my players every game to score as many goals as possible. (laughs) There's no difference there. It's not that we score three goals and I say, oh guys, now now it's enough. No, I push them from the first day. I want them to to be ambitious until from the first second until the last second to take the maximum out of every game. So there's no difference in approach now than it was four months ago, because I always want to take the best out of the game and the most out of the game every time I want to see a team like that. Mm, what about Lorraine, who's a Rangers fan on the line? How are you, Lorraine? I know bad. Thanks. How you doing, guys? Good. All good in here. What are you thinking tonight? So, first and foremost, um, I just I just have to give a shout out to my guy Dessers, obviously getting the double the other night. I was super proud of him. He still gets it tight, but I'm always happy when he gets a goal or two. You sound like a proud auntie, Lorraine. <laughs> I, listen, I love the guy. I've told you this before. I love him, and I'm I'm super proud that he managed to to get his couple of goals. Um, but where, let me ask Cammy, in his professional, where is he now, Cammy? Because I, I I was like fascinated by watching the reaction in real time the other night. Where Rangers fans were sort of loving him one minute and yep. slaughtering them the, the yep. next, and then he scores again. And for some, it's as Hugh says earlier, they scored two, give the guy a break. But for others, it's high, but he should have scored five. And where is he in your mind? Listen, he's he's um, a far better player than he was three and four months ago. Um, I think the managers got him confident. Um, I also think the managers playing to his strengths and, and making sure that he's playing to his strengths. Um, he's scoring goals That's what Rangers want their, their number nine to do Is score goals I just think that He's maybe not The the number nine That all Rangers fans Look at and think He's, he's definitely not The finished article he, he takes a number of opportunities To score them goals And that's that's probably The problem The frustration From the Rangers fans Over previous years they, They've had strikers up there That if they get 
four chances three of them are hitting the back of the net whereas Dessers for me is a little bit more he's taken sort of six seven good chances to get his two goals um, but yes listen he's, a, he's an improved player he's, he's playing with confidence and he's an important player for Rangers going forward absolutely um, can have a big part to play in what they get out this season some Rangers fans Lorraine have that little niggle they've been phoning this week and saying not sure if it is it enough to, did we need another striker can he fire Rangers to the title I'm going to guess you think he can Listen, see to be fair the only the only option we have is, is Dessers is a, the, the kind of number nine I personally don't think Silva is an out and out nine so do you know what whether they think it or not they have to just suck it up and get behind them I think you know 10 goals in the league I mean give the guy a break you know <laughs> and not, not you Lorraine because you're a fan but could you have know, been 15 though that, That's just the mindset yeah. You're the one that said it You know yeah, that yeah, yeah. People uh, demand more I think it's how he started As well his career at Rangers And everyone remembers The start of your career At a, a club So that's that played a big part In a lot of the, the Rangers mindset um, Fans mindset Yeah um, But He's persevered And I think it takes a lot uh, Of mental strength To persevere Under those circumstances Lorraine 100% agree with you I think the, the jeers and stuff that he used to get at the start of the season when he was coming off and things and for him to, to have got his head down he worked hard obviously whatever Big Phil's done in the background worked an absolute treat and he's he's now kind of sticking it to them so we'll see what happens this weekend thank you very much to yeah, Lorraine man. let me tell you about this before we go any further Clyde One after two days of rollovers, we got a right answer on today's Make Me A Winner call. It was Alpa who picked up within five rings. She said, make me a winner. And now, £130,000 richer. That's a good Friday, oh, that, isn't dear it? Dear me. She's going to book a holiday to Australia, treat her husband, Ritan, and her cat, Cookie. What would you buy a cat with £130,000? <laughs> Food. That's quite an extravagant... Um, Gesture out there But anyway She said she wants to take Hugh this sounds right up your street Take some courses in baking bread Apparently oh. If you strike me as like a bread man a very sim- You've got a very simple diet Think of the, the cold no, beans That I, you could No I don't like bread Oh yeah Come oh. on What do you mean you don't like bread It's fattening <laughs> Is that a concern for you is it Yeah You're trying to get your beach body Ready for the summer yeah, I, I, I'm trying to embrace This championship race That's going on <laughs> Doesn't like chocolate Doesn't like bread Yeah <sighs> Anyway, I'll have, a, I'll have a word with it's him during ahead. the break. On Monday, it could be you making the decision what to spend that money on because £132,000 goes up for grabs. If you want to enter, and why wouldn't you, text yes to 61025. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Uh, you can enter at Clyde1.com for £2 or call 0330-880-4523 and the calls are charged at a standard rate as well. Over 18s only. All the other rules for this network competition are online and if you get the call after 3pm on Monday this is the important bit answer within five rings say make me a winner straight away and if you do that you'll be £132,000 richer good luck 0141-951-1025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Cammy Bell are looking forward to a bumper weekend of Scottish football action And I feel like More than most Cammy Of all our pundits You're like our championship correspondent Actually starts tonight What a fixture we've got in store Top of the table Clash Wraith Rovers against Dundee United Yeah it's a, a huge game tonight um, Especially because we're coming towards the, the close of the season And Wraith Rovers have Had a brilliant season um, Started really really strongly They have stuttered in recent weeks um, mm-hmm. and Probably the last sort of six weeks 
Um, but it's an opportunity for them tonight. It's an opportunity for them to close the gap and um, put the pressure on Dundee United. Dundee United, probably before the season started, we all expected them to run away with the league, the budget they had, the players they had. Um, but Rafe Rovers have run them very, very close. So it's a it's a big game for them tonight, a big, big game for Rafe. Rafe wins. crowd as well, expected. Yeah, United have sold out the away end. Uh, if Rafe win, there's one point in it between them. On the other hand, if Rafe lose, then United are on their way to the title. I think Gordon Dale will go up. Not a hope in Hades. <laughs> I think you might be right. Um, from Kirkcaldy to Bilbao, there's a transition oh. you don't make too often. Dennis is on the line in Bilbao. How's it going, Dennis? Oh, it's going fine, Gordon. How are you, mate? All good here. All good. What made you call this evening? Um, actually, I was listening to the, the the previous Ranger supporter who was on saying about he was enjoying the title race and. Uh, having a little bit of a debate with you, which is, you know, what happens on the programme. And uh, just thought I'd call in and say, well, he's absolutely right. The guy's absolutely right. I'm I'm loving the title race. Is this because, you know, I know what Hugh's going to say. I'll just save him the hassle. That's because you're in Bilbao, Dennis. You're, you're not involved in the day-to-day madness. Is that playing a part? <laughs> no, it's playing a big part. I mean, I, I, I've been away for about 30 years and, and before I went away, I was 100% behind Celtic, the way Hugh was describing so eloquently earlier on. I, I just, I just, things have changed since we moved away. And, uh, you know, I, we also have this WhatsApp group of friends who are expats and stuff. And there's a load of Celtic supporters and a few Ranger supporters involved. And it's it's just become a different, a different animal altogether. And we're thoroughly enjoying the fact that it is a head-to-head. Is, uh, it's going to go down to the wire and it's, it's every every game is really, really exciting and, uh, and I think I commend the guy for coming on and giving his point of view because I totally agree with him. Dennis, I respect your right to feel that way uh, while you live in the Basque region but back here in the dear green place there are people who will be physically unwell if their team lose this title race. There will be people who will be unable to attend at their places of work if their team loses this title race. There are people who will have domestic disputes if their team fails to win this title race. This, for the rank and file in this city and in the west of Scotland in general, this means everything. Absolutely everything. It means the world to them. And as I say, I, you've been 30 years there in Bilbao. I've been there. Lovely. I envy you. But <laughs> back here, this is a matter of life or death. Ah, but it's not. Even though it kind of is. Um, I'm not going to back him up too much, Dennis, because I'd feel dirty doing that. But how much... <laughs> let me just explore it further. How can you truly yeah. enjoy being seven points clear and now not being any points clear? Where's the enjoyment in that bit? In that bit, there is zero enjoyment, Gordon. Nothing. Because, because, let's face it, the WhatsApps have been getting toxic over the last couple of weeks. Well, the last couple of weeks, no. The Kilmarnock and the Hearts uh, defeats. And and the Aberdeen draw, obviously. But I just think that the momentum's with Rangers. I I understand that Rangers are on a push. But I also think that uh, Celtic haven't been playing as well as they could. And Rangers have been playing as well as they could. I think Celtic have a lot more to... To improve, I think when Carter Vickie comes back and uh, Hattati comes back, Celtic will push on. I also think that Celtic have experience of over this over this 
sort of um, area of the, of the title race many, many, many times, whereas the Ranger boys don't. So I still think it's advantage Celtic. But, you know, at the end of the day, I agree with what Hugh says when you're in Glasgow, it's the be-all and end-all. But at the end of the day, I mean, let's face it, it's a game of football and... You know, let's if, if if that's what rocks your boat, then fair enough. I mean, there's a lot more to life than that, mate. I think that's where the that's where, regardless of what city you live in, that's where the hope from Celtic fans is likely to come from. It feels like Cami. I, I don't really like generalising and suggesting everybody feels the same, but I don't think the the belief that they have a strong squad has been eroded. For too many mm-hmm. um, I think obviously You would look at Obvious factors like Having done it before Guys like Callum McGregor yep. Won yep. loads Even the relative newcomers Like Matt O'Reilly Have come in And, and won a t- When Matt O'Reilly Came in in the January It was tight Yeah, it, w- it was tight And then we're acting like It's the first time It's ever been tight But it was Got over the line Obviously everything That was achieved last season That guarantees you nothing But you can see why people would look at it as a potential title-winning factor. Listen, there's there's still a lot of positives from the Celtic point of view. I think Dennis mentioned a few that they have, haven't been playing well. They haven't been playing well. They can't get away from that, but they've still been winning. Um, so it's obviously it's a bigger problem if they're not playing well and they're losing games um, at this moment in time. I would imagine that they're going to start to click together once they start to get one or two bodies back, their strongest team, they start to build a bit more confidence within themselves, then they will get better. I, I don't agree with Dennis saying that Rangers are at the best that they are. I think they'll get better throughout the season. I, I really do. I think the manager's still building a lot on that there. Um, but I, I also believe Celtic will start playing better soon as well. Um, so, And you're right enough to point out, Gordon, that They've got winners within the side. They've got guys that have been there and done it, Celtic, on a number of occasions. So that, that, that'll mm. give a lot of belief to the fans. I, I love this programme. Well, know you do. The view from <laughs> Catalonia is that we should embrace it. I want to hear the view now from the Carlton. They never know, maybe some pragmatic types out there as well. Oh, yes, they are. You <laughs> <laughs> want to just look at the... Um, so what are the plans, Dennis? You managed to keep up with the Celtic games from over there? Are you an avid follower? Do you dip in and out when you've yeah. got other things on? We have we have a Celtic supporters club here in Bilbao, but uh, it's not Cat- Hugh, it's, uh, it's the Basque country. I know, I, I was going to um, pick him up on that, but I knew you would, Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We have a Celtic supporters club in Bilbao and we watch every single game if possible. There we go. Well, be, the guys will be at it tomorrow, I'm sure. Thank you very much to Dennis Bilbao. What do we have a call from Saskatchewan? Last yeah, night, yeah, heard them, okay, yeah. honestly, we're just you. You lot are worldwide celebrities, or something like that. Or people feel so strongly about the nonsense that you talk, <laughs> they will phone from far flung corners of the globe. But um, it's set up for a good weekend. I think we can agree on that. Oh yeah, brilliant, brilliant. I can't wait. Actually, some great games um, tomorrow. It's as I say, the Aberdeen, the Hibs, Aberdeen v Hibs, but. Celtic and Kilmarnock I'm sure that'll be a cracker as well What about Motherwell Midweek Three goals Mm. I had to text him at Three up And said Mind you don't crash your car I think he would have been A little bit excited At that point Yeah Yeah Yeah, It wasn't ideal Just trying to move on To be honest Anyway let's play this Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online The Scottish Sun.co.uk Slash football You want to hear about A footballing disaster You want to hear about A footballing catastrophe It's been right here on Beat the Pundit this week. Not only did Kenny Miller, Marvin Bartley and Mark Wilson win, they all got the 10. 
the thing that usually eludes all the pundits when they get all their questions right in the time we then give them the chance to go for the 10 it very rarely happens and those three dafties have done it in the same week it has broken my heart so if we can please finish the week on a high with a listener victory easy for me to say 01419511025 and the lines close at 7 tackle the headlines 01419511025 played one super scoreboard Hugh Evans and Cami Bell are waiting for you to get in touch 01419511025 What are you thinking tonight then? Are you all about the title race like many people are? Have you got something a bit left field for us? Whatever it is, I'll take it all 01419511025 Big games across the divisions uh, this weekend We've been hearing from Brendan Rogers and Philippe Clement And plenty more to come as we build up to the weekend's games So let's play this first though Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. I said it already, a disastrous week. Three tens already for the pundits, which never really happens in a season, never mind in a week. Kenny, Marvin, and Mark. Uh, no surprise to hear that Gordon DL did lose on Tuesday. Uh-huh. So it's not going to be a clean sweep for the pundits. How does it feel? Does your achievement feel diminished because you dined out on the fact that you got a 10 yeah. previously now everyone's yeah. doing it yeah it's a tainted trophy now yeah. uh, you know I thank the man very much for sending me the mug for my perfect 10 but when someone who thinks that Queen of the South's nickname <laughs> is QOS mm-hmm. gets a 10 the, the whole award has been tainted now. and Marvin Bartley got a 0 recently but somehow came back with a 10 At least I actually bumped into him uh, in the gym this afternoon and I didn't dare bring this up because this, you know what he's like. He takes life very seriously. He's come off social media. Um, someone at Clyde One Super Scoreboard Tower tweeted to mention all the pundits that got a 10 this week mm-hmm. and didn't include him. Just oh. forgot about it. And I thought, <laughs> if I know one person, that'll annoy. <laughs> you see, when Kenny him. Miller got it on Monday, that's fine because Kenny Miller's a, a, a know all, basically. Um, but at least I could text you and say, I did it first. But then Big Marv gets yeah. it, and I'm thinking, uh, what? And then when the mushroom gets it, I it's thought, buzz bust, tainted. as they say. Anyway, Jordan and Dylan are on the line. How's it going, Jordan and Dylan? How's it going, right? uh, what's the story? Because it says here you're somewhere between Aberdeen and White Inch. Very specific. <laughs> what's happening? Oh, no. Oh. They're at that bit in the road that's got no signal. This is going to be good fun for Beat the Punda, isn't it? I'm not going to hear any of their answers. This Always could, seems like a good idea This could work in our favour here uh, Yeah I mean I like the story Sounds good The boring long journey Thinking I know what yeah. we'll do We'll take part and beat the pundit Not if your phone <laughs> signal Right let's try again Jordan and Dylan Can you hear me? Aye 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 Good stuff Have you got your radio on In the background no? No it's coming through the car ah, That'll be it No worries Right okay what we'll do is We'll toss the coin If it's heads you take on Hugh And if it's tails It'll be Cammy Bell And it is tails Cammy Bell Two on one though that's better right. sharpen okay. up here So let's give Cammy Some greatest hits radio To listen to So that he can't hear us We're going to put 30 seconds on the clock Jordan and Dylan uh, And it's pretty straightforward Just answer as many right. as you can And pass if you don't know the answer Okay Alright Brilliant Your 30 seconds starts now Who's the current manager Of Hamilton Ackies uh, Pass Which team is Sam Lammers On loan at uh, What's the name of Yeskel Bride's home ground uh, K-Park Name any player that's been sent off for Rangers this season uh, Golson Where does Fraser Forster currently play? Tottenham 
Alan Combe, Ian Durant and Chris Boyd are connected by which club? Rangers. How many points currently separate Wraith and Dundee United at the top of the championship? Uh, five points. Okay, let's bring back Cammy Bell. Cammy, can you hear us? Yes. Good. 30 seconds. Same set of questions. Okay. Your time starts now. Who is the current manager of Hamilton Ackies? John Rankin. Which team is Sam Lammers on loan at? Pass. What is the name of East Kilbride's home ground? Recreation Park. No. Name any player that's been sent off for Rangers this season. Sufuentes Where does Fraser Forster currently play? Southampton Alan Combe, Ian Durant and Chris Boyd are connected by which club? Come on How many points currently separate Wraith and Dundee United? Uh, four And what road runs between Dens Park and Tanadice in Dundee? Who's your knowledge? Dens Road Oh <laughs> You'll see why that's a funny answer in a minute okay. uh, Jordan and Dylan Do you think... Uh, oh, I don't know. I think it may have done us just at the end of that mm. four point. I was, I was like back and forward. I could barely keep up. I genuinely can't off the top of my head think who won. Let's okay. find out. Hamilton Aki's manager, I knew that was right up your street. John Rankin <coughs> 1 0. However, the guys equalised straight away. You tricked Sam <sighs> Lammers. The guys then go in front. K Park in East Kilbride. <sighs> See, you're from miles away. I don't expect you to know that. Uh, so 2-1 to the guys. Name any player that's been sent off for Rangers. Scott Wright, Dujon Sterling, Sifuentes or Balogun. Jordan Dillon went Goldson. So that's an mm. equaliser for okay. Cammy Bell. Where does Fraser Foster play? Spurs. The guys got it. They go one in front. End-to-end yeah, stuff. Yeah, really evens. Yeah. Alan Combe, Ian Durant and Chris Boyd are connected by Kilmarnock. Another equaliser, Cammy Bell. So we are level Heading in to this question, how many points currently separate Wraith and Dundee United? <sighs> I'm afraid to tell you, Jordan Dillon, you were close. You said five. It is four, and Cami Bell nicks it. Oh, devastated. Hard lines, guys. We'll be back again. I hope you, you can surely hold your heads high after that. That was not bad at all. And they've got just hung up. <laughs> Uh, Dylan, you need to pull your weight more next time. Take care, guys. All the best. Here we are. I think I gave that to Cammy Bell. I mentioned earlier on. You did. Four points between them. Ah, yeah. Man. The road Great that going. runs between Dens Park and Tanadice. Tanadice Street. It's Tanadice Street. You went Dens. <laughs> Den, what did you say? Dens Road. Is there a Dens Road? There is a Dens Road. Is there? Uh, is there? Is there? Yeah. yeah. I should but know at that. The, at, the, at the back of. Is that uh, the one that goes down the hill? No. Yeah, at the back of Dens Park, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, right, Dens yep, Road. Yep. Anyway, I was close. I won anyway, so no matter. I've no idea what this... Um, there's a, a... Alonso was breaking Marvin's heart here. There's every chance this is true. Alonso says, by the way, Marvin didn't get a 10. He got the last question wrong. I listened on the way to Ibrox on Wednesday. I wanted him to do it, but he only got a 9. Oh, I think... Oh, I'm not oh. sure. I think he did get it right. I I'd like say. to know. I'd like that confirmed. Yeah. What was the last question? I wonder what his reaction was. No, he did. He did because I think we had to clear up. There was a stewards' inquiry about the which former Scotland captain played with a certain player at Coventry, and the answer we had was Gar- um, was Gary McAllister. But Marvin produced Stephen Presley, then went out of his way to <laughs> prove that Stephen Presley had. On an occasion, Captain Scotland and played with this guy. So we gave him it. I think that's fair. Nah. No, taking no, it away from no. him. He'd never shut up unless you give it to me. It's anyway. only the answer on the on the sheet, surely. 
Oh, you should have heard them, honestly. Oh, yeah. Whooping and shouting and laughing down that mic. It was, well, somebody phoned in to complain about the yeah, noise. Yeah, he was it? making too much noise, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> just so get your calls in on 01419511025. Whatever you've got for us, title race or something else entirely. Uh, you can tweet as well, Moan the Jags. How's it going, boys? I'm watching online. Hello, Moan the Jags. <laughs> Headed over from Sky to Inverness this afternoon Ooh. for the Jags v Cali game tomorrow. Can't wait. Hope Dylan can get us a win after last week's result. Hopefully better than Cammy's last result for us there. What does that mean? <sighs> I probably got beat, obviously. You played for so many clubs, you can't even yeah, remember. I honestly can't remember. You can't remember going to Inverness with Partick Thistle. And that's no disrespect to Partick. I can't remember many games, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> what? Honestly. Gonna have to look this up. Um, must have been a defeat. I'm well, it certainly sounds like it. Um, if his tone of that tweet is anything to go by. Uh, keep your yeah. thoughts coming over to the guys, whether it is Twitter or whether it is on the phones. The traditional way, that's the way we like it. Get in touch with Hugh Keevans. How else would you rather spend your Friday night? Stephen is a Rangers fan. Stephen has been back and forward all week on this title race and it just ignites itself again this weekend. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I mean, Rangers have been kind of resurging under, come on, um, and you know, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing, and I'm enjoying the the results that they're they're, they're getting. Um, but kind of my point was, I hear a lot of folks saying that you know Celtic aren't playing well, but they're grinding out results, and it's kind of like, well, how well are Rangers actually playing? There's no denying the fact that Rangers are playing better now than they were under Beal. But have Rangers hit top form? You know, that's that's what I'd like to kind of put to Hugh and and Cammy. I think the one thing you can see. Again, in favour of uh, Philippe Clement, is that he inherited players who had been written off by the Rangers fans. They'd been brought in by Michael Beale, but they had been unimpressive. Michael Beale got the sack, uh, and Philippe Clement came in and made them better. Not fantastic, not out of this world, but he made them better, with the exception of Sam Lammers, who he allowed to go, as we've just heard and beat the pundit to Utrecht. So you have to give the manager credit for that much. I don't think that Celtic or Rangers are outstanding teams. An earlier caller described them as two fantastic teams. No, they're not. There have been far better Celtic and Rangers teams in recent years. But Clement, the cliche is he's getting a tune out of them, and it's true. Uh, with the exception of Lammers, they're all better than they were under Michael Beale, and that's the difference. What's your own take on it, Stephen? For many people, in the end, it doesn't actually matter too much as long as you're better than the other team in the city. That will, you know, that will work out at the end of the season. How, how good is this Rangers team? How how do you feel they're playing in if you in isolation? I would say that there's been a seismic improvement since Clement arrived, um, and you know. They're not putting teams to the sword yet, um, but some of the games that they've played recently, the amount of chances that they're creating, um, the speed in which they're getting the ball forward, the intensity that they're playing at is, is night and day. You know, People use the phrase identity, and I think you can see something growing now. Um yeah, they've been, you know, caught napping at the back with a couple of goals of late. But again, you know, a lot of folk would say the, the goal the other night was a very good goal by um, 
Ross County. Um, you know, the ball over the top. Aberdeen, you'd maybe say Goldson fell asleep a little bit. But I, I think, I'd probably say with a lot of Rangers support right now, yeah, there's a nervousness, but there's a quiet confidence um, that they're trending in the right direction. Um, Celtic seem to be kind of stuttering just now. And, you know, you could say that Celtic will or should improve, but you can't say that they will for certain. Um, so it's, it's an interesting time. I mean, I, I would still have Celtic as favourites, but at the same time, I think that this will go to the wire. I'm purely out of personal intrigue. It's the first caller we've had who's labelled the other team favourites. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's Stephen lowering his own expectations so it doesn't sting or what it is, or sometimes it can happen that way, Cammy. But um, what do you make of Stephen's points about where Rangers are? Not in terms of the league table, yep. just in terms of that, like I say, in isolation, where they are, maybe compared to what Philippe Clement would want them to be. Because he said today, he still thinks they've got loads of gears to go. And I agree with him. I think he, they do have a number of gears to go. Um, I think it's incredible. And it's, it's a measure of how good a manager he is that he's got to tune out a lot of these players that, that Michael Beale couldn't. And they looked as if, as uh, Hugh said, they were, they were finished at Rangers. And he's managed to transform this team, same players, but just got them to play with an identity, got them to understand the way that he wants them to play. Under Michael Beale, it looked as if they didn't understand what they were actually being asked to do. Um, now it's a clear instruction from the manager and, and they look as if they play with a great speed, intensity, purpose. And listen, we all need to remember back when Clement came in at the start, the first five, six games, Rangers kind of stuttered over and, and got results over the line without playing too well. And there was... The fans were, were were sort of a little bit frustrated from what they seen, but there was a process. And that's why I think Clement's saying, look, there's still so much more from this team to come um, because the process is currently continuing. Final word to you, Stephen. I think I'd just say, you know, there, there's, was it 13 games or something like that left? It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, this weekend, Kilmarnock going to Celtic Park, you know, because there's a nervousness about their support just now. Um, you know, more so than Rangers, I'd say that there's much more of a confidence amongst the Rangers support because we feel that that we're back in a title race when we'd written the season off three and a half, four months ago. You know, we were probably down in the dumps, depressed, disillusioned with with where the the season was going, um, and the turnaround. You know, with the the three-two win away at Betis, the cup final victory. You know some of those results have been, you know, a grind. But you know there's a, there's a quiet confidence and an air of optimism about you know Ibrox just now. Yeah, it's it's obvious that uh, all home matches and that it would be equally obvious at McDermott Park on Sunday. Um, I, I, we haven't had a Celtic fan yet who who would contradict the notion that the Rangers fans appear to be the more confident, optimistic of the two. The Celtic fans have become circumspect now, they've become um, a little irritated by some of the performances and there's not the same certainty that there was when Michael Beale was there because Celtic thought, we've got another Rangers manager here who doesn't know what he's doing and it will be to Celtic's benefit. And then he was out and in came, for me the first serious manager to have faced Brendan Rodgers in both of his spells as Celtic manager. The first real challenge of a manager uh, because I don't believe that 
Brendan had that at any time first time around at Celtic or second time uh, let's hear more from Philippe Clement he does expect St Johnson to be up for the game uh, to try and stop Rangers seven game winning run at the weekend it's always special the away games different kind of surface than at Ibrox uh, and, and teams who are super motivated to play against Rangers because you know the longer you have a series of games that you win the more the opponents are, are hungry to, to break that no it's, it's going to be a hard game you know try and kind of repackage this in a different way because we've been through this so many times but Philippe Clement went into a bit of detail as well today elaborating on the impact of a poor playing surface and what that can do at the weekend um, he said you know in the top leagues there are really high standards now about surfaces he name checked St Mirren not in an overly critical way he said that St Mirren's own staff admitted to him that, that the pitch wasn't what he wanted it to they wanted it to be um, you know makes playing a certain type of football that bit more difficult he did stop short I think he was asked though, so do you think clubs here should invest more and he said oh, well, it's not, that's not my business and um, and all the rest of it D- does that change things significantly for Rangers at the the weekend with no disrespect to St Johnson yep. I suppose yep. what yep. I'm asking are you looking at the conditions yep. more than the St Johnson absolutely form? no there is there, there's um, again you need to battle with when you come to Scotland you need to battle with the pitches clubs don't have loads of money to, to spend at their disposable on, on pitches um, and, and again the weather in Scotland's um, poor as well Motherwell had a fantastic pitch it's looked has probably been weathered a lot because of what our winter we've had recently so I think Rangers just need to navigate their way through these away games especially when the pitches aren't great um, but you need to play at the conditions you need to get over the line there's no excuse there they know what they're going to face um, and again it's, it's similar when the clubs go to Livingston and Kilmarnock we always speak about mm. these pitches the pitches are what they are you need to just play the game and try and win it you hear about um, it being a, a sort of leveller I wonder specifically Rangers though are they are they quite well equipped in the sense they, they do get the ball forward yep. quite quickly anyway don't they I'm not saying they just boot it every no. time but they're also not like ball constantly on the deck pass 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 so I wonder if they're not, equipped a little yeah. bit more yeah I think they do they play, they play a, a more direct pass it's not just a boot up the pitch it's a, it's a direct pass um, to get the ball forward and that's that's part of their game plan they play, play with that intensity they want to play in the opposition's half um, so yes it might it might suit Rangers going up there a little bit be- better than it would Celtic um, but again both clubs need to deal with these situations and they are difficult away games because as the manager there Clement said Teams are super motivated against Celtic and Rangers. They want to break this momentum that they've got on their wins. The pitches are poor, but uh, I think it's your personal motivation that's important. Uh, you, you made reference to McDermott Park. Brendan Rodgers at halftime at McDermott Park earlier in the season said it was the angriest he'd ever been as a professional football manager. It was 1-1 and Celtic had been woeful. And in the second half, they pulled themselves together, scored two terrific goals and won the game. But at half-time, the man who had managed Liverpool, as well as Celtic, could say it was the angriest Mm. he'd ever been as a manager. Therefore, yes, the pitches can be poor, but you also have to raise your game, no matter the surface. Good time to get your calls in. Where are the rest of you? What about Motherwell, St Mirren, Partick, Thistle, fans, anyone else that's got a big weekend ahead? Why don't you give us... A call, let's talk about it on 01419511025 whilst I tell you about this. Clyde One, live 
celebrating the first 50 years. Yeah, as part of our 50th birthday celebrations, we're going to take over the Ovo Hydro on Friday the 31st of May, and we want you to be there. Hugh Keevans is just figuring out if it is past his bedtime or not. <laughs> He's waiting patiently. Is there a bar? To see if any of his favourite acts are on the bill, I would suggest is unlikely, but you never know. We're going to announce the first act, Hugh, so set your alarm just after 8am Wednesday the 21st of February on Bowie at breakfast. However, if you want to secure your tickets before then, you can get them now at Clyde1.com. And don't forget that first big announcement on Wednesday just after 8. It is Clyde One Live. Hugh Keevans will even be there. It's going to celebrate our first 50 years. So join us, please. Ovo Hydro, Friday the 31st of May. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Listen and watch. Check the Twitter feed at Clyde SSB. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141-951-1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Loads of time for you to call in and speak to Hugh Evans, Cammy Bell, and let them know what you're thinking ahead of a big weekend. It might be something entirely unrelated to the weekend. Whatever you fancy, pick up that phone and get in touch. Whilst you get those calls over to us, let me tell you about this question. The full-time teaser with Universal Interiors East Kilbride, where their goal is a better wardrobe, slat wall, home office or media unit. Big thank you to Stephen in Mount Florida for sending it in. If there are still people out there who are new to the concept, this is the full-time teaser and the aim of the game is for you to send the question in to us and then watch to see if the pundits can come up with the answers that you've set them. So it's, it's a bit of fun between now and the end of the show. And this is a cracker that Stephen has come up with. Can you name seven players that have played for Rangers since 2000? And they've also scored against Rangers for two different top flight teams. So there are seven players that have played for Rangers since 2000 and have also scored against Rangers for two separate top flight teams. Good question, Good isn't it? Good question. Any that spring to mind? Did Lafferty do it? No, actually, but I can see you're thinking there, Kelly and Hearts, but nope. Mm. Brandon Barker? Oh, oh, no, 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 now you're struggling. Come on, you were on a... That was at least a... <laughs> understood your Kelly Lafferty shout. Um. <sighs> so you're looking for maybe men of... I was going to say many, many clubs, clubs, but not, not necessarily either. Jamie Some Murphy? Just, no, but again, I see you're thinking, okay... Um, Templeton <laughs> Nope Nope Who's like really famously played for Rangers And famously played for teams other Kenny than Miller. Rangers Kenny yes. Miller Scored for Celtic and Dundee For a guy that's on this show He features a lot in the yeah. teaser Have you noticed that? Because yep. he's played for everybody um, Celtic and Dundee Kenny Miller is one of the answers Any others that spring to mind? No, 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 no. Okay. It's good. the two clubs that good. I know, it's a good question, that, though. I mean, because that's the beauty of it. You've, you've heard of every one Everyone. of those names. Yeah. Like, there's, there's, there's actually there's one one defender in there, I have to say. Most of them are goal scorers, one midfielder. We'll see. We'll see how we get on. If you like the sound of it, if you think I like Stephen and Mount Florida's style, I could do that. I could send a question in. Please do it. Email fulltime at clyde1.com. Fulltime at clyde one. Callum is in Darnley How are you Callum? Going All good in here Apart from these two scrambling On the, <laughs> the teaser What are you thinking this weekend? 
well, I've got one statement and then one kind of point to make. Uh, the first one would be directly um, to Mr. Bell there. Mm. Mm. The crowd for the League Cup final, Celtic and Kilmarnock. Right. I don't think I've ever been as as angry at one individual after watching Mr. Bell's goalkeeping performance <laughs> that day. Would you not like to? That, would I've you not like to include uh, Gary Hooper for missing a sitter in the first five minutes? That set the tone. Yeah. Don't forget that. That wasn't important. Oh yeah. right. Oh well. Performance enhancing. I wouldn't dare to make the accusation, but he was, it was the form of his life here that day. Coincidence or just one of them games, wasn't it? You have a game of your life at some point. Calm, it felt. So, yeah. It was. It was genuinely, as I say. It was one of them games you have calm and it was just uh, everything goes your way. Especially, listen, that that first save against Gary Hooper sets the tone and it, it does give you confidence. So, um, yes, one of them days, Carl. You were a very decent keeper in your day and I hope this doesn't come across rude that you <laughs> played for bigger clubs than what you did. Aye. I wonder if that's partly true and then partly a dig at Rangers as well because <laughs> Callum's a Celtic fan who knows um, what are you thinking about the current situation we've praised him enough Callum I don't like it what are you thinking about the current group the back of what uh, Mr Hugh Keevan said earlier on he's yet to meet a Celtic fan that refutes the feeling of the fans he thinks that the Rangers fans are ultra confident and that there's a bit of doom and gloom which I do agree with the doom and gloom but I think that's from a minority of fans under a certain age Build over the last 13-14 um, years with, uh, with Celtic's trophy hall um, but I, I don't think that this Rangers team with any manager in charge has the capabilities Celtic we've seen it twice already we've seen it many times in the past 3-4-5 years bar the one season that Rangers won game, whether it be a League Cup final whether it be a, a potential title decider, they've failed and they've failed consistently I don't see any other reason to think why this season will be any different Oh, you've gone and done a me because Callum if that happens and Rangers do win the league then, you were the one who said with 12 games to go for Celtic and 13 to go for Rangers they did not have the capability I, I, I'm really... In all seriousness, I don't think you can say that they don't have the capability. Otherwise, why are they sitting one or two, four goals away, I beg your pardon, four goals away from Celtic? That's all that separates them right now. With their performances against other teams, the two performances that they've had against Celtic this season, they've lost. But Celtic then lost to Kilmarnock and Hearts and that negated the good of the results against Rangers by losing to Kilmarnock at Rugby Park and to Hearts at Celtic Park. Very true. That's very true and I do take your point. I can't refuse that and say that it's not a good point but we do need to look back on this season, last season, the season before, the personnel that's at Rangers were serial losers. But last season and the season before have got nothing, absolutely nothing to do with what's going on now. You know, last season Kyogo was scoring for fun and many other things. Hatati was a regular on the team and the team was better for it. Last season and the season before have no bearing whatsoever on what's going to happen between now and the end of the title. I totally disagree. It doesn't have a bearing on form and personnel, but club history and recent performances and recent history does have something to do with it, especially if you've got a, a back four. Um, hardly beat Celtic 
a free kick when they're two 0 and three 0 down. I, I, the game before that, it's for me, Mister Keevans. It just doesn't. They, they don't look like they can beat us. I wonder, Hugh, because the problem is you'll never be able to kind of prove it either way. But there, there must be something in having title-winning experience or the psychological upper hand over your rivals. I'm not saying it will count this season, yeah. but I don't think you could confidently say that it, it can't count or it's irrelevant. Or you know, how how would we be so sure? Well, I, I would take you back to. Um, Celtic going for 10 in a row Now you would say that with 9 previous league title wins In a row behind them And having brought in new players At multi-million pound cost That would work It was an implosion And the manager was sacked before the season was over So where did history get them mm. then? But again I don't think Callum saying history Is guaranteeing you anything But you're you're doing the, the exact opposite And saying that it's irrelevant Why, do, why don't we meet in the middle somewhere? And admit that it's possible well, that it plays that, a part. That's that's why I keep going back to take this in isolation now. Once upon a time there was a Michael Beale. Now there's not. Once upon a time there was a, a, an eight point lead. On the day that Celtic beat Rangers uh, under Philippe Clement, they went eight points clear. Now there's no points differential at all. Um, let's just look at it now from this moment forward until the end of the season. Tomorrow. Celtic have an awkward fixture I'll put it no stronger than that Celtic have an awkward fixture At Celtic Park against Kilmarnock Now it's game by game It's Russian roulette now And Celtic have to survive that game tomorrow (laughs) For me, I don't think the fans care what it looks like It could be the scruffiest win in the history of football But Celtic need a win So that at least Rangers are under some form of pressure at McDermott Park And that's the way it has to go now Yeah I agree I think um, Tomorrow is a, It's an awkward game For, for Celtic But it's one they need to win uh, One I would expect uh, Brendan Rodgers to look To be putting on A good performance They'll want them to play better With more confidence And again If they get the win And play better Against a good Kilmarnock team Then that should breed Their confidence Towards now and the end Of the season and again, you look forward at Rangers' fixtures. Rangers play Kilmarnock away in a couple, a couple of weeks' time, so very, very soon. That's a difficult fixture. I'm pretty sure Brendan Rodgers is, is delighted it's at home and not away mm. because it's a much, much harder fixture away from home. So he just needs to get the three points and continue. It's, uh, as I said before, I think this one's going down to the wire. And Celtic go to Hearts at some point. It's all going to be interesting. Thank you, Callum. I like Callum. Nice and polite. Called you Mr. Bell, Mr. Keevans. Can't yeah. ask for more than that. On a Friday night uh, Any more on that teaser Quickly I got one um, I'll I decide think, Well uh, you will decide Because I might be wrong Nasey <laughs> uh, Yes Kilmarnock and Hearts Against Rangers Hugh One more guess Not not just now Thank you Okay let's hear a bit more From the Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers He was speaking Obviously about a number of topics uh, Today But One that has been Dominating a lot of the headlines He admits that Leaving Celtic May now be a real possibility For Labada. The winger is still not in the right frame of mind to play, according to his manager, and Rogers says he's got great empathy for him. Yeah, I'm really empathetic towards the the issue that, that he has. And it is it's more than football, it's a, it's a real it's at a human level. So um so I have to respect that. Uh, but he's training, he's working away. But as I said to you, this period is all about the mind and if you're not quite right or ready, then uh, first I can't take any risk with him. The player because that's that will always support and obviously you have to also protect the uh, the squad as well 
you know, people can talk about what's going on there and then they can forget about it. This is the reality for him, this is his life. Every single day, every night, families in a war. So it's a really, really tough situation for him. And uh, as I said, on a human level, I have real, real empathy for him. So it, it's my job and, and we will do that. Like I've, I've done with numbers of players before, just take the human aspect and, uh, and look after him. And, and when he's ready, if he ever is ready, then he'll be, uh, he'll be able to give us everything. You said uh, if he's ever ready to, to play again, is that the situation it, it could be that you, you might have to look elsewhere even for a loan to someone? Yeah, it's, it's possibility. Possibility, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll work together on it. I think it's probably wise, definitely wise, Hugh. We try and keep what's a really complex, difficult, sensitive, nuanced subject yeah. as close to being about football as we can. Impossible to keep it completely aligned. Um, but one thing's for sure, you can almost hear it in Brendan Rogers' voice. They don't teach you this stuff at coaching courses, no, no, no. I think he said. No. This isn't on the pro licence. And um, it's it's going to be a difficult one by the sounds of it for Celtic, Brendan Rogers, Leo Labada to negotiate. I think it's an impossible, regrettable, deeply regrettable situation for Leo Labada, who's a young man, lives on his own in this city, and an impossible regrettable situation for Brendan Rodgers because um, we're talking about a humanitarian tragedy that is unfolding in the Middle East and Brendan Rodgers is supposed to deal with this on a football level. How do you do that? It's impossible for Abada because his country is at war and I am not telling that element of the Celtic support who wave flags uh, and are with the other side in the war I'm not telling them not to do that. They have a political conscience and that's what they are doing. But Leela Bada has a conscience as well and he's coming under pressure, I would imagine, on a family level, on a political level. And how can he be expected not to crumble and not to have his mind on football at a time like this when his country is at war and he is here? It, it could have happened to him in any country in the world but he's here and he is in the middle of a game of political football and I feel desperately sorry for all concerned yeah because I think there's a temptation to simplify it because when he came on for Celtic in the stadium that day personally to him right there in that moment yeah. the Celtic fans gave him a, a rapturous applause yeah. and, and a big reception which is fine and that's one thing but there's going to be I'd imagine there's so much that, that we're just not going to see and we're never going to know. No. I, I've no idea what he reads or what he sees in social media. And as an extension, I've no idea whether he cares or whether it influences things. I've got no idea what people back home are saying to him. Yeah. Uh, I've got no idea what sort of contact he has face to face with people in the city. There, there's so much that we will never know about it. Yeah. So we kind of, we all, like I say, there's a tendency there to simplify it and, and, and try and make these big conclusions based on the limited information that we probably have. Brendan has had to say on more than one occasion that his mind is not on football, referring to Abada. And of course that's the case. Uh, Leila Abada is the same age as two of my grandchildren. If my grandchildren were in another country and he was feeling what was going on with the conflict in his own country, then I, I, I'd be really worried about him. So, uh, you know, Abada is entitled to feel the way that he feels. And I'm afraid for him, 
for Lilabada right now, football is unimportant. Again, then, to, to contradict that and make it all about football, mm-hmm. Cami, you wonder if Celtic were, have only become aware now that it's it's beyond repair. Could they have moved them in January? Should they have moved them in January? What do they do now? Can they look at a loan? It's it, almost ashamed of myself for saying this because much more important things than football yep, but yep. he's a sellable asset at the yep. club and how do they manage all that side of things really difficult difficult for the club difficult for the player but again I don't know how they resolve it and possibly could have been sorted out I'm unsure as you say we don't know the, the details of what's been going on but it's good to hear from Brenda Rogers saying that the club are looking after him and supporting him because he is a human being at the end of the day and that's it's one of the most important things that they're supporting a player that as Hugh says, he's in this country on his own. Um, it will be a, a, a really difficult period for him. So it's great to hear that um, they're looking after him and, and trying to, as you say, football secondary at this moment in time for him because he's got a lot going on. So, um, yeah, it's, got, it's, it's really important that players get looked after and I'm, I'm sure the club are trying to do that. If you've got any thoughts, you're more than welcome to share them on 0141-951-1025. We're looking for seven players that have played for Rangers since 2000 and scored against them for two separate top flight teams Kenny Miller and Stephen Naismith Avro and Greg Stewart no no Kevin Kyle no I can see the thinking here as well mm. lots of you but nope 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 couple of strikers a midfielder and a defender in there I'll give you some thinking time and we'll hopefully get the rest of the answers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard hear it watch it Search the YouTube stream now. Number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Cammy Bell and Hugh Evans are on the home straight in tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. If you want to get your calls in, you've still got time. You might need to be fairly quick, though. Uh, we were speaking about Brendan Rogers' comments regarding Leah Labada before... The break Let me ask you If you've had any Thinking time Or if you've used Your thinking time I should say During the break Can you name seven players That have played For Rangers Since 2000 And have scored Against Rangers For two different clubs It's a great question Uh, Kenny Miller Stephen Naismith Did you get any During the break For Dundee United And St Mirren Stephen Thompson Yes Well done Stephen Thompson Um, Darren McGregor Hibs and St Mirren Yeah, it's a great shout that Well done Because he he's a centre back Wouldn't have scored loads But he managed all those Boxes to be ticked Three to get Three to go, Hugh Come on oh. Here's the problem It should make it easier I reckon two of these Are former Rangers teammates of yours <laughs> that, I think That doesn't Can make I? it easier Yeah, I think so Right, okay I would say so And then one is One's a bit not. I mean, it's not sneaky. It's it's all it's all accurate. But he was a Rangers player a long time ago within this time frame. So towards the start of of the two thousands, and I reckon he only played three ish league games right, for Rangers. Oh, not okay. many. Okay, but he scored against them for a couple of teams. So there we go. Right, keep your calls coming in, your tweets as well, if you want. At Clyde SSB. Let's take another look, a more forensic look at tomorrow's fixtures because, of course, in Glasgow and the West, we sometimes do get caught up in the top two and the title race and all that stuff. 
What else tickles your fancy, Hugh? Can I suggest the league's informed team, Hearts? Yeah. One of them. Well, taking uh, on Motherwell, who within the space of one game show you don't quite know what you're going to get. Well, on the road for Motherwell, last two games, uh, knocked out of the cup by Morton at Capolo and three up at Pataudry. Now, I, I know that Neil Warnock picked the wrong team to begin with, quickly corrected his own mistake, but I still think it's it doesn't look good when you had a three-goal start and didn't see it out. So I, I, I must say, I don't hold out mm. any hope for Motherwell at Tynecastle tomorrow. I couldn't mount a huge argument against my learned friend because Hearts are in great form. So you could yep. say it's got actually much more to do with Hearts than, than Motherwell. If you're Stuart Kettlewell though, this is where his mm-hmm. gloomy disposition huh. might be challenged. You would simply have to focus on some of the positives this week. You would have to focus on obviously correcting your mistakes but taking something from the fact that you went to Pataudry and scored three goals otherwise it's completely pointless Yeah absolutely and again we, we know Aberdeen aren't in a great place at this moment in time but to score three goals away from home against any club is is a good return um, probably know that Motherwell this season have conceded a number of soft goals so you'll, you'll know you need to tighten up especially at Tynecastle for me, Hearts look as if they're getting stronger and stronger. I think they were winning games when they weren't really playing that well. I think they're starting to play better as well. Um, they've got a lot of confidence. So it's going to be a difficult task, but not a task that Motherwell will be going there fearing. They'll think they can take something from the game if they play well enough. You um, have to hope that the traffic from Stephen, uh, from Shanklin's house to, <laughs> to Tynecastle is really poor and he misses the kickoff. I was going to say, we've, I think we've said enough about Mr. 25 goals in 35 appearances this season for club and country um, to know what sort of... Th- I believe he bumped into our very own Gordon DL at a popular high street fashion store this oh. week as well. So I don't know if Gordon DL maybe stood on his toe. The type of shop that Gordon DL's too old to be shopping in, in oh, my yeah, opinion, I'm about actually. to say to you, how can a man in his mm. late 20s be shopping in the same yeah. place as a man in his yeah, early 60s? It. Begins with a Z, you know the one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I just can't see DL pulling off much of that, can you? Mm. Rhymes with no, Barra. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, anyway, um, I like the look of the fixture anyway. You know, just on paper, when you see it, Aberdeen Hibs, it should be, you know, two of our bigger clubs. And Nick Montgomery coming up against his old gaffer as yes. well, and Neil Warnock. Uh, you know, you would need to throw two sixes to have a guess at the result of this game because it, uh, you know, Aberdeen are just wacky. Uh, and that was exemplified by what went on midweek against Motherwell. And Hibbs, Cammy touched on it earlier on, that there's no impact yet, no major impact being made by Nick Montgomery in that team. And he's got to start getting a, a result like a defeat of Aberdeen at Pataudry to make his early CV look good. Yeah, I agree. I think Nick Montgomery's just kind of slid in there and, and he's not really done too much, to be perfectly honest. I think he, they've got good players still within the, the, their team um, and they're not getting the results. And um, the, the pressure will start to build on Nick Montgomery because tomorrow, as I say, I think if he gets beat there, it, it is an uphill battle for Hibs to actually make the top six. And that's disastrous for Hibs not to make a top six spot. If there's any hope for Livingston, surely they're going to have to win some home games at some point in particular. Libby. They welcome St Mirren tomorrow. St Mirren 
I mean, very different challenges, but different outcomes. You know, the the big boost that Livy got, maybe coming back, winning it in dramatic fashion at Firhill. St Mirren obviously it, it, lost to Celtic. That was a phenomenal result for David Martindale and the players, two down and and beat Partick Thistle. A lot of that was down to Partick and the, the unwise use of their substitutes. But for me, Livy are the composite picture of the relegated team. They have lost more games than anyone else. Uh, they have scored fewer goals than anyone else. They lose more goals than anybody else. Everything about them says, ta-ta. I'm, I'm annoyed because James, who's a St Mirren fan, called in and he wants to speak about the race for fourth. We've got about a minute left. I won't waste your time, James, but give us a call tomorrow or Monday. Very keen to talk to you about it. I just wouldn't want to cut you off in your prime, so I think it's probably risking it a bit. We've got even less than that before the music starts. So thanks to James. Let's speak soon, though. Please, James, give us a call back, or we'll call you back if you permit us. Um, that's an interesting one, though, Cammy. Um, like we said, at some point, you'd imagine if there's any inspiration from Livy, it needs to come soon at anyway, regardless yeah. of where, but at home. At home, no. And again, they've been so strong over the years at home, made it difficult for teams to come there, get results. And listen, I have seen a little bit of fight from David Martindale's mm -hmm. team, and he's came out fighting because there was a period of time I thought... He's down and he's out, um, but he's he's came back fighting. So, but tomorrow's a big game. It's one that they'll look at. Think if they can win it, can they change this season around? It's going to be a difficult task. And the more realistic test of Don Cowie's credentials at Dens than it, than it would have been at Ibrox when they were very much up against it the other night. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good game. That'll be as well because I've been impressed by Dundee this season. Ross County have got a lot to prove. The players have got a lot to prove. Um, Don Kilway will be very hungry to try and get a result and, and boost that um, Kimmy, if, if they get a win there tomorrow they're only two points yep. away from St Johnston yep. and they've got a game in hand and St Johnston play Rangers on Sunday which rounds us off nicely go on then three more seven players have played for Rangers since 2000 and scored against them for two separate teams Stephen Thompson Darren McGregor Kenny Miller and Stephen Naismith I reckon two of the remaining ones are teammates of yours at Rangers Cammy one very much a central midfielder, like defensive. Okay. Um, and the other one, kind of midfield, come forwards. Say more of a midfielder. Right, I'll need to do the clubs. Yep. Black. So, yes, Ian Black, Inverness and Hearts. Oh, I thought, I, did, I forgot he was at Inverness. Who would be the guy that played with you and scored against Rangers for Hibs and Kilmarnock? And has, as you well know, Cammy Bell... <laughs> A famous footballing father in the management game. Come on! We spoke about your finest moment earlier on. <laughs> Kenny Shields, anyone? Oh, Dean Shields. Oh, Dean come Shields. On, come on. And the last one, played for Rangers early this 2000s. You've, for, you've forgotten that he played for Rangers, but he scored against them for Hearts and St. Johnston. And he might have found himself in a different role at St. Johnston fairly recently. Callum Davison The other one uh, After him uh, McLean Steve oh, McLean, McLean. McLean. Thank uh. you Bumper day of football tomorrow Make sure you join us from 2 o'clock Thank you for your company And the GBX is up next <laughs>